Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode? Did you say this was episode four one two? Yeah, four one two. Four one two. Really? How about that? We can celebrate this. We can. So I was about to yell out the. <laughs> I didn't know we were live, DK. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even tell me we were live. I was about to yell at my wife, "Keys, UPS outside." But I guess, I guess that's this time of the year, DK. Ah oh, man, yes, David. What's UPS it, bringing you? More of those R- Ramon mugs? You don't have enough in your house? I don't know. Whoever, yes, that needs to be on the way, by the way. Uh, the mugs. Uh, they, whoever it is about to climb up this hill, DK, it's about to get real serious, man. I sure was about to. You're right, Mike. We're live, man. And as Dave said a second ago, DK, guess what day it is? Oh, Hope day. <laughs> Listen to Dolly get in on it. Listen to Dolly get in on it. You about ready to get this thing going, though, like Teresa just said? I am. Let's go. Let's go. We have so much to talk about today. I really, really wanted to have a day where we opened up with the tight ends. Okay. Uh, and, and did you did you note the plural there? Yes, I, I heard that. Okay, because everyone's talking about Pat Fryermuth, and they should. He arguably had one of the best days of any receiver of any kind across the National Football League this past weekend by some metrics. But... His nine catches, as awesome as they were, as awesome mm-hmm. as it was establishing the middle of the field. Notice I didn't say reestablishing. I said <laughs> establishing. They were accompanied by two catches for Connor Hayward, one catch for Darnell Washington. Yeah. But way more important than that, I thought, Moan, all three of them were out there. Yeah. yeah. A ton. Like mm-hmm. it was almost like it was the new base offense. What do you think about that, first from an offensive line standpoint? 
Uh, from an offensive line standpoint, one mm-hmm. simplifies the game plan a little bit because those dudes' ability to do what wide receivers do isn't there, although Pat Fryermuth's numbers was there, okay? But having that flexibility, DK, and I've always kind of spoke about this when it comes to balance of the offense. The way, and I'm going to go a different route, a smaller personnel, but similar output. The same way when you had a, a Swiss Army knife and Le'Veon Bell, right? Well, Le'Veon can be your power back, and then he can also be your fifth wide receiver. So because of that, we can line up five dudes that can catch the ball with an empty set and make something happen. What you have right now with these tight ends is, besides Chris saying seems route to the tight end, mm-hmm. seems route to the tight end, um, you have this. You can line them up all three on the field at the same time. Also throw the ball to Connor Hayward. Pat has a reputation already, and Darnell gets his little sprinkles every once in a while, too. You can go power, and you can go finesse with those dudes, man, and also have the ability to go max protection with the tight ends and still have bodies down the field. If you put Pat and you put Darnell out there both, you're not hurting. You still have an outlet with what Darnell's capable of. I told you, I'm not opposed to Darnell being a part of the passing game that the Steelers have, that this offense of um, not Matt Canada anymore, but what this offense allows you to do with the tight end like him. His specialty, first and foremost, is blocking. He does have the ability to catch because he's that type of athlete. Then you take him off and you still have Connor Hayward out there that can block, but he can also go in motion and be a fullback. DK, he can also motion into a tight set and block for you. Not the greatest blocker, but he gets the job done. He gets the job done. Yeah, he executes. It breaks tendencies, DK. Like, yeah, some teams line up two tights, and you know what you're going to get. Max Pro, as far as play action down the field, are they going to run the ball? This team, not so much. You got to have some guys on you that can, uh, on the field, that can play both sides up, either run and pass. And a lot of defenses don't have those type of guys. And that's where Steely McBeeman come in and says, got to work some passing plays out of that formation. They did. Yeah. They, they did. did. In fact, I'm going to say this again. That basically became their base offense in to the extent that over the course of the week, and you're going to hear a lot from everybody inside and outside the operation that you can't change the playbook, can't change the playbook. You know what you can do? You can change one body on that field, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. Okay, By having Connor Hayward out there, by having three tight ends out there, what they were able to do is run the same plays but from the big formation, which forces the defense – and this is so smart. Yeah, come on, I, I, I can't even because <laughs> you know what, Moan? I got to get out of this habit. I think we all do to some extent. Of what? Of this. Don't just think about what the Steelers did Sunday in Cincinnati as smart as compared to Matt Canada. Okay? <laughs> because that's not the bar. It, it should never have been the bar to be that dumb about yeah, this stuff. Okay? True. When you see that the Bengals had no answer for this, they really didn't. They did not. Because the Steelers are there. Like, they're out there with three tight ends. What are they going to do? Of course, they're going to run. And then they don't. And then they don't. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? What's your answer for that? Imagine that. And that's also one of those situations where you say, well, okay, then Najee's in about the run power. The next thing you know, they're hitting the corner on you, DK. 
Mm-hmm. Or you're jailing in, oh, they're about to do a tall sweep, get them to the edge, then having the ability to block inside from A-gap to A-gap or B-gap to B-gap, however you want to look at it. It's variety. That's what you're looking at when you see guys in a situation where you see offenses that are multifaceted and have different ways. When we spoke about this earlier, like this offense has to have the ability to be a tree that grows branches. Like the playbook is a freaking tree trunk, Okay. And from there, you go up and you learn and you you build branches off of this offense of the playbook. You figure out what you do well, and you say, this is the bread and butter. This is how we're going to operate. But watching this past weekend, right, DK? You said to yourself, this is what the, we're, we're, we were upset about when it came down to Matt Canada and the variety that you did not sprinkle in. Why do you have to go toss? I mean, not, well, yeah, toss sweep sometimes or the end around the jet sweep. There is much more to this offense than saying, hey, let's just give the ball to two or three guys on the team. That ain't it, DK. And that, that type of stuff gets you fired, and it did. Good question here from from Nick. He's asking me, DK, if I remember correctly, did every wide receiver, tight end, and running back get a touch on Sunday? A touch, yes. If you're asking, though, about a catch, that's the more interesting scenario. Yeah. Everybody except Najee Harris made a catch. Now, if you want to count, you know, Miles Boykin and whatever else here, those those are always gravy plays. The Steelers had four different wide receivers make a catch. Three different tight ends make a catch, and Jalen Warren made a catch. That's eight different successful targets of Kenny Pickett and or the coordinators moving the football around. Yeah. Crazy, man. See, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it, Moan. (laughs) I can't get over it. Uh, Cardinal standard right here said this, by the way, open up your gift receiving Cardinal, man. Come on. You got to get you from the uncle's table. There's already been 30 gifts thrown out there today, DK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm saying is this, his point is being made. Our offense looked like they were actually playing with joy for once. I think so. Cause joy you know, is good. That's <laughs> joy, good. That's a good word. Is it not? DK? It really is. But that's what, that's what's happening in that locker room afterward. It well, was a release. It was told like, me it was a yes, party. We can do this, but just beyond the party, the fact yeah. that they were part of the party was the party. Yeah, no doubt about you it. You know it what I mean? It's good. And it wasn't gimmicky either. That's the other portion of it. Oh, let's do an end around screen to the tight end. Or hey, let's figure this out and make it look cute so we can put lipstick on a pig. It wasn't those type of situations. It was simply playing football. And I gotta give them this too. Uh every ever since Broderick said he wanted 200, they've been Adam Lee pushing the line of scrimmage you remember early in the season like them dudes is getting pushed back when it's bad dk i gotta call it like it is right right dk when it's bad we gotta call it and when it's good in society we never point out the good james daniels i don't know what pff had to say about him but james daniels to me looked more mean on sunday he looked like he had more finish on Sunday. Really? That's interesting. I can't say that I even paid attention to him. I paid attention because he okay. showed up, DK. All right. He showed up on the tape, okay? He was finishing. I saw him pushing the pile. I saw him, if I'm not mistaken, jump on the pile, which can be a fine, okay? Uh, In today's NFL, he has some strain. That's one word I've been using a lot lately. He had some strain. What were they, over 150-plus rushing this past weekend, if I'm not mistaken? 155. 50 less of 200, like Broderick suggested. But this team being successful on running the ball, 
having the ability to be strategic in the runs. And guess what? There were some one-yarders. There were some two-yarders. But we had more explosion plays and consistency of four and eights and tens and twenties that we hadn't had in a very long time against a Cincinnati team that has paid – they paid good money for that front four. DJ Reader, okay, Trey Hendrickson. Think Sam Hubbard, who's the other big boy I'm leaving? Oh, he out was there. the one who had the best game, and I can't think of his name right now. God dog it, DK. Godly. It burns me whenever someone will, someone will put it up score but, a second ago. But he was um, he was actually their most effective guy. They, they had a day, man. And um they and they paid well for those guys up front too, DK. So I'm I'm excited for what they can do, especially when you you drop that type of stuff out as far as hey, yeah, we're gonna do this. Miles Murphy. Uh, uh, Jermaine Pratt got Daxton. No, 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 that's that's back in. I'll get no, you it was BJ Murphy. Hill. It was no, it was Murphy. It was Murphy, Murphy, but also BJ Hill is a okay. dude that they paid crazy amounts of money for. Also, mm-hmm. sorry, this is the research department. Me, uh, had to find that type of stuff, y'all. But they got four dudes up front that most NFL teams would say, Yeah, we can win with that group. And these boys, uh, uh put over 150 on the ground on them, man. Yes, Monica Hala, uh, Mike DK. Let me say this. He, meaning James Daniels and Broder, plowed people. They did. If y'all look at that tape, they moved bodies around, man. Right side of the line. Now, let me tell you this. You remember I said this too, DK. Sometimes the prick comes in a room to make everybody else pricks, right? Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And you saw that in that kid before anybody else did, Moan, uh, you know, from getting to know him, from watching him out there. Uh, from his, you know, picking up on some of his demeanor, mm-hmm. and you're the one that called him. Uh, what did you call him again? A goon. You called him a goon. You called him something else. I call him a goon. Oh, oh, bully. A dog. Yeah, DK. There was some of that too. Yeah. And a dog. The dog was the one word right there, man. D A W G D K. I know. That's exactly how I just spelled it. I, who who is your your computer brand, Bob? We got to figure out what's going on. Like the the computer can't know your DNA. Like it's it's got to realize you got some dog in you too. Okay. Nah, I'm going through. I'm going through whitenerdy.com here. It's it's not working out for me here. <laughs> okay, weird owl. <laughs> White nerdy man. Amish uh, paradise, baby. But I I do got to give credit to the young guy, and and sometimes it's okay for the youth to lead, right, DK? Like this kid, like Twiz points out, Darnell Washington threw Trey Hendrickson to the ground on a run block with one arm. Yeah. That makes me almost as emotional as the time that I actually encountered Twiz and Latrobe. Yeah, you did. Y'all ran up in. I was on the sideline, and it was like it was like uh, chariots of fire. We're running toward each other in slow motion. (laughs) Twiz is yelling out, "DK!" And I'm going, Twiz. By the way, tall DK. You're not short DK like most of the media. You're tall DK. A Twiz has some length to him too. Twiz. Twiz looks like yeah. If you put Twiz out on the field with. between Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice, you would say that you now have three of those guys. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We in That's, and, uh, we want we want uh, we did this. praise for this rookie draft class here. Leverage says, "Hey, Moan, can you remember a better rookie draft than 2023 so far?" Yeah, I can. 2010, Marquise, Ab, Emmanuel. Uh, who else came out of that group? Doesn't matter. Thanks for playing, oh, okay. everybody. 
Doesn't yeah. matter. It don't matter after that, do it? Yeah, Easy no. there. You e- know? 11 was a daggone good year, man. You can't even front. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? Always be careful, too, with drafts. Guys have to get exposed. Uh, guys have to, you know, they, they have to go through some rough patches. They have to get yeah. beat. Joey Porter Jr. is going to have his games where he gets smoked. Yeah. He is. Somebody's going to figure it out. He's just going to wake up not feeling his best one day, and he's going to have to bounce back from it. Twiz, by the way, is 6'5", confirmed. Dang! I told you, he's got length. Twiz, 6'5", God, doll. Did I lie? I mean, he's taller than me. It was a little hard to tell because he's up in the stands. Yeah. And if he's on, like, a higher platform here, I could tell he was taller than me. I'm 6'2". Yeah, okay. Uh, By the way, that class, just to run down at DK, we got a little time. Marquise, Jason Worlds, who, by the way, you got Jarvis Jones, who's my dog, because of uh, Jason Worlds. Worlds had it. He got the tender or the franchise tag and just decided life mission was something else. Yes, he had it, though, DK. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Thaddeus Gibson got a cup of of coffee. Chris Scott got five years. Crescent Butler, Sly Stevenson, uh, or Stevenson Sylvester. Jonathan Dwyer, Antonio Brown, and Doug Warrington. Out of A.B., Pounce, and Emmanuel, Kev did all right with some very serviceable guys uh, after that. Good stuff here. Uh, uh, Thick Boys comes in and says, 2014, I know, with <laughs> with Ryan Shazier, Stefan Tuitt, and Martavis Bryant. Uh, that's that's a pretty talented. You look I mean, at the, the first and last, well, all wow. of them dudes, and say, what if? You still say, what if? Even with Tuitt. As long as he was around, you know, even yeah. with two. And I, I don't, I don't ever say what if though with, with Shazy though, because, you saw it. because you saw it. Yeah. Okay. He, he was exactly what he was supposed to be. He, you know, he, he was a, a like a legit star. I didn't even that, understand it at the time. I did at not. that position. No, I don't think any of us did I I, he, because he, he was so unusual and we were all still kind of going, what do you do with that? The coaches knew. I had no idea. I had no, I ain't have any idea about Shazier because I never seen it before. And I'll be honest, I didn't know what TJ was going to do. Mm-hmm. 17. Somebody said 17 was a great year. Seven, well, 17. TJ, Juju, Cam Sutton, James, Connor, J- Josh, Doc, God, doll. Yeah, it's good stuff, huh? Does Pittsburgh know how to draft? I don't know. See, I keep seeing references to 1974. Can we ever, ever talk about the Steelers without bringing up the 1970s? That's all I ask. Look at you, been a historian and a progressive. No, but the 1974 <laughs> draft is the best draft class of all time. Okay, nobody nobody disputes that, up. not in I, any city. I gotta no, they up. all went to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I got to see it still just so I can, can see for it's myself. Just like everything has to be 1970s. I've never looked. God, oh. Dane Hodgson here. Twenty-four Pro Bowls, thirteen All Pros, and four Hall of Famers. Hold up, they had seventeen draft picks that year. No, no, no. He's saying that's twenty-four career Pro Bowls, thirteen career All Pros. Oh, in general, and four of them went to the Hall of Fame. Nobody disputes that this was the best draft that ever happened. Lance Swan, Jack Lambert, Jim, John Stallworth, Mike Webster. Yeah, read those again. Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, John Stallworth. The second fourth round was Jimmy Allen. He got eight years out of it. Mike Webster, Jim Wolf, and Rich Druskel. 
That's I, also. I mean, there's of- there's four names in there that are just beyond belief to get in to get in any one draft, let alone to put them together. And if you read up, guys, by the way, since you guys brought it up anyway, if you read up on the history of that draft and what made it possible, and why it's so great that the late Bill Nunn was just inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame posthumously himself, is that the Steelers and the late Mister Nunn. Mm-hmm. We're very aggressive in going at the African-American colleges yep. based in the South when nobody else was doing that. We talk about the role that the Steelers have played in terms of in terms of uh, race, mm-hmm. really, okay, over the over the many over years. years. And it started there. Okay, it really did when with Bill Nunn going down to those schools that nobody else was scouting. That North is Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like schools like that. Nobody was going down there. Alabama AM, Prairie View AM, North Carolina State. Think about the schools that they were going to. Like you went and got Joe Green out of North Texas. Think about that, DK. And so much so you got a scout that's in the NFL uh, uh, Football Hall of Fame. That's big time. You mention his name, you understand what the heck he got going on. Yeah, Dang we could DK. we could do draft stuff all day. Oh, but this Let, was good. Yeah, this was this is good. Let's uh let's take our let's take our break here and uh let's just stop that. Not gonna lie, you look five. <laughs> Only segment coming up, man. That's right. I believe that would be the only one that matters. And that's Hey Moan, DK. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Let's go. Let's jump right into the uh, the Hey Moan stuff here because we have some good stuff waiting here. I got a good one. Go ahead. Start us off. All right. Well, Logan, one that we don't call up here very often. In fact, it might even be a first for Logan. He says, Hey Moan, Mike Tomlin has given Trenton Thompson a lot of praise. Really has. What's going to happen with. All of the safeties when Minka Fitzpatrick comes back. Exactly what he did to A.B. and Emmanuel Sanders. Two dogs, one bone. Or whether it be two bones and three dogs. Y'all figure it out who's going to get on the field for me as far as the defensive structure goes. Special teams, we can find help for you right there too. This team had had plans to play with three safeties often also. Having the ability to have Minka be your luxury piece because he is okay. Uh, But that's a good problem to have. Coach is going to, if if it's the same coach that I know and was coached by, he's going to put it up in front of everybody. You think Minka's been uh, benched? Heck no, absolutely not being benched. Uh, they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, it's a good problem to have when you have guys competing at a high rate and wanting to be out there. Training, being a part of that, DK, good. Now, figure out who's the best of the two left. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not bumping Minka. So, <laughs> oh, she would. Uh, but you have to also understand, Trenton Thompson is the new shiny object, but Tomlin also gave a strong endorsement this week of what he's gotten out of DeMonte Casey. Casey, yep. So the bigger issue, I think, is going to come down to not the safeties, but inside linebacker. 
meaning is if you're going to have three safeties out there and one of them is, you know, Keanu Neal when he comes back and Keanu Neal is a de facto inside linebacker, what if you really like what you're getting out of Michael Walker? Just saying. DK. I'm just going to say portion of the year where a lot of teams have been snake bitten. Uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco lost their lost their star safety to ACL. Like you're seeing a bunch of these teams. I think Houston Texans lost a starting guard. Like there's teams been snake bitten. The fact that you got quality guys this late in the season that's proved to you that they can play. Mm-hmm. Great problem to have this time of the year. Evan Me asks, I, I, I guess something of a, of a media type question says, Hey Moan, why do you think some teams? get more praise than others. Does that ever put a chip on your shoulder as a player? And I'm referencing the praise that the Ravens defense is getting right now compared to the Steelers defense. Steelers defense is on one amazing roll. Seven consecutive games of 20 or fewer points allowed. Wow. Longest streak in the NFL this season. I do think the attraction of the quarterback leads you to believe that that's the case too. Um, Pittsburgh style has also been great for us, but also still to everybody else. You kind of know Pittsburgh defense is going to be good. Like you look at Baltimore, they've had some people leave and go other places and they still maintain it. And of course, the Lamar elements and how people think how strong their team is. Nobody thinks Pittsburgh team is strong. They don't. Why? Because you don't have that quarterback making those types of plays, if we're being honest. So it says to myself, what is the big picture? The big picture is Lamar Jackson's good enough with his offense, got some young wide receivers that are making plays for him, and their defense is just as good right now. That, to me, is why if Kenny Pickett was having that type of year, then we'd be in a bigger conversation. But the ones that got to face Pittsburgh, they know exactly what they're up against. It ain't like you need to tell people in those scouting rooms, hey, Pittsburgh is legit. No, they know already. SCS points out that the Steelers give their undrafted free agents a fighting chance. Can you verify this, Mr. Foster? Him. Know that. I know that, okay? (laughs) They did. Uh, You earn it. I got to say that too, SCS. They give them a fighting chance, but you also earn it. The thing that I've said about Pittsburgh for years, when you walk into that room, you can tell the difference between Ziggy Hood and myself. Not because we're both light-skinned black guys, but because everybody's treated the same. I got to joke a little bit. Come on, DK. You know me. Uh, Everybody's viewed the same. Now, look, however you go up or go down, it's dependent upon upon your level of play. And are you, do you check that box of having a Steelers mentality? There is that in Pittsburgh. Freeman Burgess comes in and says, hey, Moan, shouldn't Mike Tomlin stand in front of the locker room (laughs) and explain why he kept Matt Canada around for three years? Freeman, no. What CEO you know allows himself to to tell expose himself to all his workers essentially that he got deficiencies? He ain't got to explain nothing. I'm sorry. How many times did your pops or mom or uncle or grandparent, uh, uh, you know, apologize to you when they you knew they were wrong and they did too? I just don't think you do that type of stuff. It's just one of those things where if you open yourself up to that type of exposure, you go well, you will continually be undermined because of it. Everybody know that Coach Tomlin probably should have let him go. But it's also a fair league, too. Like, maybe he thought Canada was going to get right. What if it wasn't his decision? We don't know. But to say, hey, fellas, my bad. I screwed you guys over. Can't really have that conversation. It's a, it's a universal truth with, well, I should say with very, very few exceptions in my time of covering professional sports that any head coach 
whether that was NFL or NHL or a major league baseball manager has seen it as prudent to go and admit to everyone that he screwed up. Uh, it's, I don't know if that's a, you can help me out here, Moan. Is that a pride thing? It ain't a is, pride. Is, is it just, you don't see the advantages in showing weakness? Ain't no advantage because you know why DK hmm. everybody in that room. Well, I ain't gonna say everybody 85% of the coaching staff probably want to be head coaches. So if they can undermine you in any type of way or figure out what your weaknesses are, or hey, oh, coach is weak, you don't wow. want to do that. Okay. Oh, that's just me, DK. It's one of the best jobs in America. You willing to, I mean, right now, what, what, what's his name? Uh, not Steichen, uh, uh Panthers head coach has just got fired. Heck, he's walking away getting like 30 million, uh, what is it, 30 million or something like that? Yeah, Frank Reich. Frank Wright. Frank Wright. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's... He, the best job in the world, by the way, is coaching the Carolina Panthers. Forty million and another thirty. Yeah, but before him, didn't 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 they pay somebody else like a zillion dollars too? Yeah, Matt Rule is one, and he went to college, and his uh, salary isn't offset. He's getting all oh, of that. Well, he's DK. getting all that money. And Frank Wright is another one they just fired because oh, I don't like you. <laughs> like God. And Frank Wright said he was basically done with the NFL, and I'm thinking, no, Frank, don't you just want to hang around and work? Instead of just collecting your thirty million for nothing, yeah. Yeah. don't you want to ride some more buses or stay in a room for sixteen hours a day, seven days a week? Ryan Lytle yeah. says, "Hey, Moan, Patrick Peterson, he set high expectations for this season, meaning for himself, but he's underperformed, in my opinion. Do you think that this is his last year? Do you agree, first off, with Ryan that Pat Pete has underperformed? He's made some plays. I think for as loud as he was in the offseason, you probably expected a little bit more from him, but he's had his deficiencies. Father Time captures all at some point in time. Now, I don't know if his is him still learning defense, to be fair. Him, you know, figuring out how they're trying to put him in certain situations offensively. Uh, do I think it's his last year? I don't know. Uh, the adjustment period of being in Pittsburgh is a little bit different. He's made some plays. Underperform. I think, I think he's on par for what I thought he was going to do this year. You knew he was going to get got on some plays, and you knew you weren't gonna you wasn't going to get the all pro version of Pat P. I ain't mad at his performance. I just know if there's an ability to get a uh, upgrade, most teams will. Broderick says, uh, "Hey Moan, I love Mike T. He doesn't change up much. When he makes a decision, he tries to work it through. That's commendable as long as you can see the errors of your ways." I think so. I think you, I, I, I was, he's too smart not to understand his deficiencies and errors. Um, I will be interested to see if he uh, goes outside to hire a guy or will Coach Sullivan be the incumbent offensive coordinator, play caller uh, moving forward. I think this time around, consulting Kenny, um, being in a situation to where, wh what do you want out of your professional career? has to be a conversation if those coaches and Omar um, think Kenny Pickett is the guy moving forward. You got to build this around them. And says, I watched Tepper and Haslam and up in Cleveland, and I wonder if they thought ownership in the <laughs> NFL was easy after investing in the Steelers. Every minority investor in no. professional sports thinks that they're better than the person running the team, that they'd absolutely do better if only they could have their own team. And guess what? Most of them aren't. Yeah. Too much money. The, the minority guys, um, 
they usually have a whole lot of money because, oh, man, I want to go buy into a team. And then they get a lot of money and think they can run it because they they think they understand the ins and outs of working. Tepper and Haslam got bukus of bread, and they're operating like it. So I, I wish they would hire me as a head coach, DK. Fishing for Trout, says Pat P., his mentor, JPJ. Is that right? That's worth it. Not really. Casey's been more the guy that's been hanging around with Joey Porter Jr., <laughs> And he's keeping things light, as he always does. He's got a real big mouth. <laughs> and that's not that's not even me knocking him or anything. It's, it's actually, a good thing. Because he's hilarious. Yeah. If, if, if you're that loud, you'd better be that entertaining. Yeah. Okay? Nah. And he is. And he has his fun with with uh, Joey Porter Jr. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, Pat P, for me, is a really a non-issue. To get what you've gotten out of him at this age and at this price, uh, understanding that he was an emergency replacement, really, because they thought they made a big effort to keep Cam Sutton Cam in the Sutton. fold. Uh, for him to come in here the way he has and to contribute what he has for me, that's just a that's a godsend scenario. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, it is, DK. Uh, I got one for you real quick from Kurt, man. I ain't seen his name in here before. Or at least I hadn't recognized it. So welcome okay, to yeah, the chat. Yeah, new to me, yeah. Uh, Kurt says, hey, Mo, do you think they should use Najee more out of the eye formation like they did in Cincinnati? Whatever is working. I'll yeah. just be completely honest with you. <laughs> Pistol, it. eye, yeah. offsetting, uh, nickel fronts. If that offensive line is moving bodies the way they have the last few weeks, even in the loss, then I can live that life of putting Najee in the eye, man. Again, we mentioned earlier, I'm not sure if you heard us, talking about the three tight end set being out there. That may also be contributing to how Najee was able to run the ball. If you watch Najee's run, he presses hard front side and decides to cut back late. Well, what do you have to have? You got to have the front side of the offensive line shored up. And that's where Darnell Washington comes into play or putting Connor Hayward into uh in, in, in motion to have him block the front side guy. Whatever works for Najee is yeah, where Steve, I'm at. Whatever works is is the is the best way, I think, to approach this offense in general. It's another thing, yet another thing to look at, Moan, from Sunday in Cincinnati and say, you know, all we'd heard about with, with Canada there, I'm sorry, I'm not letting it go. But all oh, no, we heard ahead. about was how they would look at what the other team was giving them. What the other defense was giving them. How many times did you hear that? Well, what yeah. are they giving us? What are they giving us? How about you dictate the terms? Mm -hmm. Okay. How about you give them something they're not expecting? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mike Tomlin said himself uh, of the of the two high safeties that Cincinnati said, and I, I'm quoting directly here. He said, "We weren't going to let them sit in that all day." No. Okay. It will. You were also the head coach when the other guy was in charge. Why didn't you do something about it then? DK, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me find something real I quick. Just Go ahead. Can't. You can continue to talk. It's you because all you have to do is think to yourself, we're the ones with the football. Therefore, we command the terms. Okay? You, you, we're the invaders in this in this arena. Okay? You, you know Moan, what was your attitude? You're, you you did this for eleven years. When you, you were the offense, did you go out there thinking, "Oh no, I wonder what they're going to show us"? Wow. Uh, so you said, "Why did you allow this to happen, DK?" Yeah. Here's this. It's my charging cord, but I'm going to use this symbolism to, as a rope. Okay. Rope. This is what you had. What you what you do in Pittsburgh? Either you grab onto this thing and climb up with me, right? 
hey, man, I got a hand here. I'm going to pull you up. Or you take this thing and you make a circle out of it and you hang yourself. Matt Canada hung himself. And Coach T, to me, allowed him to do what he thought was right, enough so much so, DK, that he let him hang himself. I know it sounds stupid. It sounds dumb. Coach, you can't allow that. Well, you got to give me a reason why I said this before. Did justifiably bench somebody when we talked about Chook's situation? Remember that? Just put Broderick in there. You got to give him a reason to. Chook's opened that door. What happened when Chook's opened that door, DK? It slammed on Chook's, didn't it? Real quick. With Matt Canada, if you can't figure out this offense, here's the rope, man. Help us help you, or you're going to hang yourself or either come up here and have a really good offense. He had a reason to. I know it don't sound right, but that's the way I view it now. That's the way he's operated before and the way people in, in that building, even the players have, DK. But Moan, I, 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 you know what? I'm Whatever. here for it. No, let's go. Uh, yeah, that's ah. it. I, I'm tired of apologizing for bringing him up because it's <laughs> still such a big factor here, okay? Yeah. Matt Canada. Matt Canada had... I know Rochelle just does that now. She just you see my mouth drop bombs. I know, but isn't it great? That you just you just you, now you can just do it without even mentioning it. It's just <laughs> Rochelle bomb. Rochelle bomb, man. God dog. Uh, go ahead, DK. Because Irving Canada. says you you preaching right now, man. He got the church organs going. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> uh, where Matt Canada is concerned, he had just between him and Kenny Pickett. We were all asking, what happened to Kenny? What happened to that swagger? Where is this and that? But yet you're spending the entire week telling Kenny what he can't do as opposed to what he can do. Yeah, Can't throw over the middle of the field, Ken. Okay? Those guys, man, when they line up like that, we're just going to avoid that part of the field. Okay? That's just how it is. All right, Ken? You can't do this. So I wonder what would possibly go into the young man's head when he drops back to pass every single time. What's going to go through his head? I'm not good enough. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I I can't. Yep. Whereas they spend this week drawing up what play, Moan? Stuff for him. What, what it, was the first play? The seam down the middle, DK. Seam down the middle. Now, now, to a tight end off of play action. All the stuff they said Kenny can't do. Yep, yep. Boom, 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 boom. boom. And I actually saw him roll to the right side. Looked a little bit uncomfortable, but he did roll to the right side, though, too, DK. Here's the thing, though, too, that really trips me out with it. People gave seven, being a lot of, boy, I wish this was a a PG-13 show, DK. I'd give him a whole lot of other words. Nah, but I try to keep it clean for the kids because I know (laughs) parents have their kids in the car. It's actually true. People gave Ben a lot of crap for wanting to have control of the offense. Hey, Ben needs this. He wants to do that. He don't like doing that. You know why? Hmm. Because when the quarterback knows what the heck he wants, you make them comfortable. They know where they're going. They can audible out of stuff. He can be more, he can have better communication with his receivers, with the offensive line. I know it sounds selfish. And maybe it was. Who knows? But the success of him came to us too. Right? Did mm-hmm. it not? Mm-hmm. That's because he spoke up and said, I don't like that. Whether he said, whether it was Ty Haley, whether it's now I want to work with Randy, whether it was Bruce Arians, I don't want to be – all of those things. Think about it. Being always had a back and forth with the OC about what I want to do. Maybe Kenny's situation was maybe he didn't communicate well with Matt. Who knows? I think. Well, it doesn't sound like anybody did. I just – I like when I see on this list here, as I'm going through our comments over here, and I see 
you know, pistol formation, do this, do that, do that. Yes. Yes. But you dictate the terms. Mm-hmm. That's my only point here. Moan, did you ever take the field? Did you guys ever take the field and think to yourself that you were worried about what the other guys might show you? Heck no. Hell no. We're going to dictate everything that's going to happen. Now, if a wrench get thrown into it, sideline or halftime, let's talk about it. What we need to scrap that. It was times where, hey, we, we're not running that anymore, okay? We're going to this protection, that protection, and this run. Everything else we talked about, done. But that's also one of those things, DK, to what a communication. I saw somebody a second ago said it's called a partnership. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the whole bonding, being a team and everything else. Moan, everyone – here's another thing I'm going to share with you that, that was kind of fun from Cincinnati that I haven't mentioned yet this week. Just thought of it. But as I was going around the room, specifically with offensive guys – they were all able to answer any question that I asked about something that happened on offense, even if it wasn't directly in their area. Yeah, it, That tells me that there was a group effort to have a group-wide communication to make sure that the entire group was on the same page. Yeah. No, but that's, hearing that, DK, be said is mind-blowing to me. Like, I know we played an era that, that, that we were more mature and, you know, more established and had a veteran quarterback, too. But, DK, everybody knew that when we separated from the offensive side of the meeting room that everybody was on the same page. I mean, I, I can, we can do this into infinity. We but could. Where this offense is concerned, I don't think they have to apologize to anyone for the amount of talent that they have. Yeah, the experience is a little low at some positions, okay? When you got a first-round pick at quarterback, first-round pick at running back, a guy who probably in hindsight, if you redid the draft, would be a first-round pick at running back in Jalen Warren. <laughs> I know, okay? right? They mess up too. Uh, a second-round pick at tight end, who's become legitimately one of the best at his position in the game. George Pickens, you know, Deontay Johnson when he's running forward, and, and all these uh, the, this other talent. And then you throw in all of the money that was spent on the offensive line, and then the draft capital that was invested in Broderick Jones, why why should they apologize? Why should they take the field thinking to themselves, ah, we're just not good enough? Crazy, DK. Crazy. Crazy. And here's the other thing, too, that's um, uh, on the back end of this, too. Right here what RB says. Welcome to RB, man. I see it right here still, DK. He says they were calling the right plays at the right time. That is a portion of it, too. <clears throat> that's where, honestly, I say this. That's where the intellect of knowing how to call an NFL game comes to the forefront too. Like I ain't Matt Canada. I don't think is a dummy. I don't, but DK, I'll tell you this. I'm much rather been a position coach than an offensive play caller. Okay. Is that okay with you? Like I'm okay with saying, no, nah, I'm that's just like you. No, nah, I'm, I'm much rather right than be on TV, being a TV anchor. You know what I'm saying? Like knowing your role, I'm better at this. So let me do that. Maybe Matt Canada's thing, and I'll say that again, the ability to call an NFL-style offense where RB says they were calling the right plays at the right time, at least last week. We're going to have to see how this continues. But at least last week, you weren't saying to yourself, what the hell are we doing? Because I know a lot of y'all say that on plays. What are we doing? Because I did. Yeah, I think there's one thing that's still worth bringing up in, in all of this before it, it sounds like we're going over the top with the offense and that everything's been solved and whatever. Moan, what would you like to see, and, and as specifically as you can, from your, your expert level 
as an NFL offensive lineman. What would you like to see done, including if it involves running backs and the quarterback, to stop these wicked pass rushes that force Kenny to basically fire the ball into the ground? Because that was the one thing that still jumped out Sunday for me as a negative for this offense. What was missing there? That's that's where, uh, hey, right there. Nick Lamenta, you're right, pushing 4,000 viewers. Let's go. Go tell a friend to tell a friend before we get there. But I had to start to Jim <clears throat> actually asked this earlier. He actually asked about 320 to, today, uh, Central Time. When the defense brings extra rushes, is the onus on the quarterback or center or both to that's adjust what I'm protections asking you. accordingly? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. What, what needs to happen here? Because I don't think the running backs were exactly aces no. on picking up these blitzes. This is a quarterback thing, though, too. Okay, it's the development. Like the think about it, the person that's standing up the tallest is the quarterback. That's Kenny. Like that to me, DK is the next step. Truthfully, if they only run for 120 next week, but they pick up blitzes, that to me is a step in the right direction, DK. If they run for 98, win the game and pick up blitzes, and Kenny's not under pressure, dub because they recognize the deficiency against a team that they know is going to blitz them. I'll tell you right now, I think uh, Arizona is going to blitz this team probably. 45, 48% of the time coming up this weekend. Cincinnati should have. Yes, they should have because they couldn't pick it up. They have to be mm. able to pick that up. Jim, that onus is on the quarterback. That onus is going, having hard practices, not physical, but showing sets to where, hey, this blitz is coming. And you know what you might have to do a period or two? No turn to the left. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. But slow it down. And Coach Meyer take the O-line over there. Hey, let's run through this again. It's reps. It's communicating. It's, hey, do y'all guys got it? No, you don't. Well, bring it back. Let's go over it again. And this might be another advantage of having Eddie Faulkner being in the position that he's currently in as the official offensive coordinator where he says to his running backs, hey, guys, this week, (laughs) I don't care how many yards you get on the ground. I don't want anybody sneaking through. Come on, DK. I don't want anybody getting through. David Mahoki says, hey, Moan, when it comes to number eight, I feel like he's tough but scared under pressure. Inaccurate sometimes, but clutch when it matters. Is it safe to say that his deficiencies can be coached out of him? Am I off? Isn't this onus? I mean, you, you're putting it on the quarterback That's too, it. Moan. Why is that? I am. I, because they're the ones that see I'm the not. entire field. They see the entire field. I can pick up my five as far as the offensive line goes. The running back okay. knows where his is. You have to be a film rat, right? Film wizard, whatever you want to call it, enough to be able to see that. Let's go on the other side of the ball. Troy was instinctive in making plays, him and Ron Clark, not because, well, Troy might be a wizard, but they watched a ton of film. Okay. It's reps. It's not being tricked. It's knowing, look, he's rocking. He can't do this. Again, when we mentioned Ben saying years back, I can't judge a true quarterback until his third year. Well, that's because rookie year, second year, you get out of the way, you understand a little bit more. Third year, oh, I've seen everything you guys can send at me. So that's where I'm telling you, a guy like Kenny in his position, he has to be able to see those things and acknowledge it. Hey, easy, easy, easy. What about these? What about these hots that you're talking about? Those hot, well, how much that, of a difference would that make? A lot. When y'all see Ben pat his head, point his finger down, or whatever the heck he did in those moments, because I couldn't see him because I was facing forward. Sometimes you were facing forward. Sometimes, but that's <laughs> it. One time they ran like a jailbreak blitz at um, that offensive line. Came off the left side, and there was so much pressure. Like Kenny had to throw the ball away. Like understanding if they're rushing from the left, somebody's dropping to the right. You either throw it to the right to where they're dropping. In the soft zone, five yards is all I need. Give me the completion. 
That's the next step I'm looking to take the cap. They're blitzing right into you. Have something set up to where you full sliding or you keeping somebody extra in for those blocks. The Ramon Foster show comes complete with merchandise now. Yes, it is true. Yes, it is true. Come on, man. We have hoodies. We have Tell t-shirts. We have mugs. Tell we have em. stickers. Stickers Tell that you em. can put on the back of your laptop like with pride. Where's mine now? You know? Uh, the way the cool kids do. Look at Come that on. one. That's just a Hey Moan one. And that, by the way, that, that Hey Moan comes on the backside of the Ramon Foster show. Mug. Now I'm looking up there on the shelf. They're sold out here. In Did our you store. really just pull your glasses down like this to look over? Are you nearsighted or farsighted? I don't know which one it is. Ah, uh, okay. I was but just like, looking. But like, yes, I went like this, like the Benjamin Franklin That's thing. I was going. Nearsighted. nearsighted. Nearsighted, she says. Okay, okay, DK. But anyway, that's what you do. You go to dkps.net slash Ramon shop, and you'll see all of the cool Ramon stuff that we have there. Um, we are actually sold out of it here in the store. Uh, so the only place to get it is online, but we will have it in stock here at the store for uh, you know the better part of December and the Christmas months when you make it down here. Yeah, yeah. My wife and kids are just saying, man, we need to go to Pittsburgh to a game. <laughs> they were like, I know you can't go, but I think we're going to go. I'm like, that's some foul stuff, that DK. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah listen, all, <laughs> all in favor over here. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the heads up if they're rolling up there. And though. also, if you guys don't know, this is the reason Ramon put this up earlier. 412, we are in our 412th episode of this esteemed program. By the way, we do a little, little humble brag here. Man, if you will, I don't we, mind. We're getting some numbers, Moan. I don't mind, DK. Talk about Okay, it. they're coming in. They're coming in. Uh, when I talk about viewers, okay, and listeners on the podcasts, uh, this show has already reached a proportion that I don't think either of us I expected. Didn't. We kind of spoke of it wishfully, remember? We did. You had to convince me. Oh, yeah. But you did. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't take long, she points out. That <laughs> <laughs> was an easy sell. It was. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's pretty solid, DK. Hey, come on, Barbara. What is what is wrong with you, man? You what see is his this? comment. No. Eight more to 420. Boy, we can't have nice things here, can we, DK? I'll tell you what that mean off air, Bob Marlin. Oh, I have no idea here. You guys, You guys talk about stuff that just goes so far over my nerdy head. We're going to get you there eventually. I promise, DK. We're going to get you there. Uh, I was talking about the hot dog. That's the first That's the first thing we got to get you there. Uh, I got one from Frank, man. It's really good. What did right. you say? DK can't get in the club? What was Go ahead. That? I feel like he can spell dog. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Frank said this. Hey, Mo, aren't wide receivers supposed to be hot receivers and cut his, cut his routes off when he sees a blitz? Yes. Head around. Head around. You've seen it time and time again. It's you tight end, somebody close to the set slot most times and not. Hey, easy, easy, easy. Check. Hot. Check it. Throw the ball out quick. Again, all you're looking for is about <laughs> five, six yards or something like that. I'll say it out loud for the kids. I have no idea. <laughs> Guys, you have no idea. You like when this show is over, I'm actually going for my weekly comic books because it's Wednesday across downtown to Ides Entertainment. Yeah, that's where my head is at. You guys are expecting me to be able to spell dog. Vegas, dog. Vegas TJ is he's in Vegas first and foremost, and his head is in the clouds because he is legal in Vegas. I think mm -hmm. it is in Pittsburgh too. Uh Chris claims 
Chris is claiming that the 4-2 episode will be celebrated uh, properly. Evan says, innocent, don't even give me credit for that. Nerdy is exactly the word you're looking for here. I actually know which books are waiting for me. Do, really? Yeah. What up, Kane? And by the uh, way, comic book people don't call them comic books. What just do you call, call them? Just books. They're books, man. Today's the, day, today's the day that the books come out. That's what we call them. You're such a nerd, DK. Mm-hmm. I bet you and my wife would all just tell each other about Harry Potter series all the time, can't you? I know you nah, can. Nah, I don't do Harry Potter. You don't? No, nah, I'm all su- all superheroes. She probably tell us. She probably call you a loser now. Never mind. She's a, she's a nerd and a loser. Jessica says, <laughs> my, Jessica says, Dolly is so much cooler than DK. Believe me, that's not where she sets the bar either. Okay. <laughs> hey. Dolly's having a good time in the back today, DK. The peanut gallery is amazing from her, man. She said a, a nerd and a loser. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I was in a punk rock band playing guitar. Yeah, all right. you, all you. Oh yeah. You never disclosed this. Oh yeah. We played the electric banana in Oakland. You don't even know what the electric banana is, but anybody who knows what the electric know. banana was knows that you had to be something, something. <laughs> That it was something of a nerd. Like our keyboard player, though, he put his keyboard on an ironing board. Oh man, we were different. We were different. All of the, the the electric banana sounds like something that's at an adult store. Let's one, move on. Once played, I got one more. Once played at the decade. Oh, stop that! How did just how did that go over my head even briefly? We played at the decade, which, by the way, is a place in Oakland. That it, I don't think it exists anymore. But like you two played there when they were just up and coming. Bruce Springsteen played there and everything. They heard we were there, right? Yeah. And there was one rule at the decade. The guy who ran the the place had one rule. No Beatles. Okay. You'd like them, Mona, because you're not a Beatles guy. I'm not a Beatles. I understand the movement. I can't understand the music. So about week we're five, six songs into this set. We're getting no reaction from the crowd. Okay. And our lead singer, which mercifully was not me, was really like he was really disillusioned by the entire setting. Yeah. And he just turns around and goes, All right, guys, you know what to do. We only knew one Beatles song. So we did Day Tripper and we did it like in a punk form. Yeah. You don't even know what Day Tripper is. That sounds like something that happens came, on 420. He came right over and said, That's it. You're out. That's it. Show was over. We did Day Tripper. We didn't even finish Day Tripper. Really? Like like I said, it sounds like something that happens on 420. But either way, I'll go listen to the song if you want me to. Should no, I go listen no, to the song? No, because it'll it'll kill the monetization on YouTube. Ah, uh, okay, all right, all right, for sure. No, I'm talking about that. No, not even ringing a bell, huh? Not even heard of it, DK. I'm laughing at James. What's James got going on? It's on the screen. Oh my God, it takes him so long to get the joke. Let's just go back. To- yeah, let's do football again. Let's do it's football. Time again to wrap here. this up, DK. No. Last question of the day goes to Hobain. Says, "Hey, Bone, can the quarterback hear the wide receivers go ye ye when they're letting them know that they're open? You know what's so unique about being on the field? You hear everything. Really? Oh, yeah, you I didn't do think for you'd the most say part." That. It's like I, I actually have uh, I have a whistle that I do for my kid, well, for my family. Now, no matter where we're at, if it comes out clear out of my mouth, they're gonna hear. Like, yeah, yeah, but that's because you're a good whistler. Uh, you, my, you can let it fly. Like that's all it takes. Like and yeah. it's crazy. They hear it, DK. 
Uh, so when you're having those football terms come out of the quarterback mouth or finger pointing, like, hey, over here, that type, you understand it. it yes, you do hear those things. Uh, unless you're in Seattle. Seattle was – that was crazy. We had the hand signal stuff then. That place is – it's exactly what you think it is, and we're going to be there on New Year's Eve. Uh, and no matter what state the Seahawks might happen to be in, once that game comes around, it's going to be a challenge because of the environment. For real, not the way Tomlin was describing Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. You know? The end of the show comments are hilarious, DK. Uh, Randy's just disappointed that you don't like the Beatles. My, Randy. Randy, yeah. don't I make up for it, though? You do, DK. I, I played Day Tripper just to get kicked out of a place. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm t- Yeah, clown show now. <laughs> Dolly put the clowns up. The Dead Milkmen actually did play the decade. It's true. They're one of the they're one of the great bands that were there. Moan's going Dead Milkmen. You know what my sicko <laughs> self was thinking? I, don't I thought that's know. the that that's the uh, milk delivery people that no longer around anymore because we get they it from died. stores. Those are true. Those milkmen also died. Oh no! I love the Dolly. She she dives into my foolishness. DK Jeff says Clash or Pixies. Uh, neither. I think we did one Clash song. Uh, Pixies came a lot later, uh, but it, it was mostly our own stuff. I got an option on that one. Pixies, Pixie sticks are awesome. The candy powder. See, candy? To, to see, this is where, this is where, we have we have white nerdy, and then we have we have that guy over there being a total like reverse nerd. Okay, don't worry, we can get. Now this we did with pride. We did a lot of dead Kennedys. Hold up, I thought we don't talk about the family and their curse. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the band. Oh, I thought it was talking about the family. All-time great American punk this band. All about dead people. And I yes, see. the police also played the decade. That's true. Aerosmith, no, we weren't lame, Jimmy. We were playing punk. We were oh, playing real punk. stuff, not rock. You know, okay. we were playing punk. Okay. All right. I hear you. Pixie Sticks. Is I was definitely not cool, but one of the songs we did was Holiday in Cambodia. Oh, I thought that was an actual destination. See, that's enough. We're, we're ending the show. Ending the show, we might or might not be back after this one. Get those glasses off there because I got to the theme. All right. We might or might not be back. Here we go. <laughs> Did you ever have any vision issues when you played? Uh, yeah. I ain't uh, get contacts at college. So I was out there like a blind bat all the way through my high school. Wait career. a second. So you couldn't be wearing contacts in that job? Uh, no, I wear contacts in uh football though. Well, I do. Really? Yeah, absolutely. How many, so many times guys. you lose them? Uh, in college I lost them a lot because I had those hard ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They popped oh. out because when I was hitting, my eyes got wider, so my contacts popped from out. Just from the intensity. Just from the intensity. Shows up in still photographs when they show you guys on the mm-hmm. field. Sometimes it's funny from from the media standpoint. We have to go through still photographs, and the photographer won't identify the player for us, and we can't tell who it is because their facial expressions are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, Sam Hayward was joking with me the other day about some of the more ridiculous facial expressions that would happen on a field, and you know who he cited first and foremost. You will appreciate this, Lawrence Timmons. LT, yeah, I can see LT. LT when he wasn't vomiting. Projectile vomiting? Yeah. LT had his eyes bugging through his face mask. And you don't even realize the faces you're making. I was like, 
I see. I saw a picture of myself. It's on uh on my Instagram at the Ramon Foster man. I'm in my. Uh, I was probably talking trash at that <laughs> moment right there. I'm just like, I can find it real quick. I'm in my stance, and you can see through my helmet, and I'm smiling. It's oh, by no. far oh, one no. of the coolest pictures that I have, man. And I am literally smiling, DK, through my face mask. And I was probably talking trash to somebody, and um. Just just saying something to him like, oh, I got him like that happened often, though. Whenever you watch film a good bit and you were comfortable in what you were doing. Uh, golly, I need to. Find I hadn't picture. thought about that, about you with your eyes getting wider. That's why I asked about the vision. Uh, when somebody loses, like, for example, in baseball, you lose your contacts, or you lose whatever it is, your eyewear, you have to stop. I mean, you have no choice. Yeah, you, you could get yourself killed in baseball by standing this picture in there. right here. Look at that. Uh, come on. Oh, no. And who's that opponent, perchance? That uh, is Cleveland. You oh, see the smile, geez. though? You're so predictable. Um, I'm smiling <laughs> in the uh, I'm smiling in the picture, though. Who was that? Effing college team? <laughs> yeah, effing college team. That's exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. There's a picture of me smiling. That, that's, that's by far one of the crazy. Look at Zach Banner. Just started the video. That's wild. Uh, but, yeah. A little stuff like that, DK. Zach Shout Banner's out to all y'all, man. We had a great time on this episode. It's probably this is definitely our best episode we've had ever. We say that too often. We do say that too often. We appreciate all of the contributions, and when I say that, I mean also the contributions to just people coming in and being part of this. Uh, that's what makes this place what it is more than anything else. I don't watch a whole lot of other YouTube, to be honest with you. So I don't know how to what extent. Yeah. They uh, they get the people engaged, but we don't do it out of like forcing it. You're driving the show, mm -hmm. you yeah, know. Y'all are driving the show, yeah. So much so to me, this is by far the best comment. I've never had this account, don't want to, but I know a lot of people do. Chat, man. Oh, geez, better than Tinder, the Ramon Foster show. If we're crushing the whole app, a dating app, Whoa, we're on the some. Wow. <laughs> and by the way, all you people that are trying to hit on Rochelle, we saw, we see you. We we saw through some of this stuff. You're like, wait, what kind of great job does Rochelle have and everything? No, 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 man. Rochelle is this is this is a class act here. We don't need this. I think it was yeah. Mike Jones trying to rub her feet today and everything. He was talking on, about Mike. rubbing her feet, man. What what is this? <laughs> you know, we're fall into the gutter here. In a big, big hurry here. Ryan Lytle gets it just right. It's the Ramon Foster Show, sponsored by Rochelle oh Barnes. God, that is. Yes, it is. It is. It is. All she needs to do is hire three chefs, and we're right back in business. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> you guys can cook for her. Oh, yeah. no. We'll be the three chefs. Look at Mike Jones, man. Who? That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to get you that song, too. Tomorrow is Coordinator Thursday over at the Steelers. We'll be covering that, obviously, at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We will talk about it here on the Ramon Foster Show. It's going to be the first chance to see how Eddie Faulkner, who, by the way, is going to be doing the speaking. Wow. Okay? It's going to be the first chance that Eddie Faulkner has to show you what it's like to run a proper victory lap, which is to say he won't do one at not. all. A friend, a legitimate friend, a longtime friend of Matt Canada's. Uh, there's a right way to do this. There's a classy way to do this. And then there's what we were doing today. Yeah, don't be be better than us. Yeah. Don't do that. See you tomorrow, everybody. See you, good people.
<laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs>